we really are a blessed people to have the medical science that we have today. You pick your scripture up and you read, especially in the Old Testament, about uh, the things that they had, the epidemics and the, all of just, I mean, just a common flu was killing thousands of people. You know, we're, we're blessed to have the medical science that we, we have enough problem as it is with what we know and what we have. But can you imagine being without any of that? My goodness, especially living around all of those animals that they lived around in the open, wide open market and everywhere else. Animals, whether we realize it or not, carry a lot of disease. So just uh, be careful and mindful to talk to the Lord and ask him to keep you safe. He can do his thing when can't anybody else. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to uh, the 6th chapter of Ephesians. The 6th chapter of Ephesians. Beginning with verse 10. We had a young man in a church. I marked this passage of scripture for him because it was the first sermon he ever preached. <laughs> Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10. I'm going to pick this up where I can see better. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation take the shield of faith, and with it you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which, the, which is God's word. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me that the message may be given to me. I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. May we pray. Father, we, uh, we do thank you. 
for this time that we can have together and share over your precious word. God, your word reveals to us some of the things that we need to do to walk in faith with you, to walk in faith before men, to walk courageously in the world today as your servants. Lord, our prayer is today that we would take your word into our heart. We would apply it to our lives. God, build up that suit of armor that we wear daily to protect us from the evil one. Lord, we know that the devil is out there and that he wants to destroy your servants, your servants' work. And we pray that we might be found faithful in keeping that word and God uh, working hard in your field to bring others to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time that we can have together today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, this is just, to me, this is a description of <clears throat> battle armor. <clears throat> Back in those days, and these days too, I, I see the way these soldiers suit up now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cover that thing up. <clears throat> they have uh, today all sorts of uh, fancy clothing, battle gear that they wear to protect their body. And uh, that uh, the things that uh, Paul has shared with the Ephesians are things that are practical today, too. And uh, this is, we've, we learn about these things. Uh, this is, uh, as we look at this passage of Scripture, uh, Paul says in verse 10, he says, Finally, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Strength that will protect us and save us from the wiles of the devil and the, the horror of this world. That strength uh, can only come from the Lord. Now, we live in a world today where we believe in, in taking the right vitamins and doing the right exercise and having the right job and hanging out with the right people and all of that sort of stuff and all of those things making us bigger, better, and stronger. Uh, well, according to the Word of God, the only thing that's going to keep us bigger, better, and stronger is a relationship with the Lord because He's the one with all the strength. He's the one that we should be dependent upon for our strength and only Him, not anything else. Now, I, personally, I'm an advocate for uh, being able to own guns. <laughs> uh, I, I grew up down here in the South, and I've been around guns all my life. My granddad had guns, my daddy had guns, and I've had guns. And my son has guns. I mean, we, you know, I mean that's just the way that it is. We grew up around them, and we know what they're for and how to handle them and what to do with them and how to respect them and all of that sort of stuff. And you know, there's a lot of people in the world that don't know that that want to take ours away from us. And uh, folks, that's, uh, 
that's just a, a show of weakness on their part because they don't know what to do with God's provision. And that's just an example. And it may not be a good one about God providing that kind of weaponry for us. God has provided so much stuff for us we take for granted. How he has protected us from our enemies in the world. You think about this little old country we live in called the United States of America. If you compare our population to the rest of the population in the world, we're real shy. <laughs> but you know what? When it comes to who controls the world, basically, now I mean it's not our ambition to do that, but it's the United States of America that has its way most of the time in the United Nations and the other places. We are a powerful, powerful, well-respected nation as far as that is concerned. And why are we that way? How, what's the population of this country? 220 million people, 230 million people, something like that. I mean, a very small percentage of the population in the world, yet we're the most powerful nation in the world today. Why? Because the strength comes from God. I want to move this and go here. <laughs> you know, we're so close in our society today to removing God from our culture. We want to so badly, it's pitiful. The powers that be want to get rid of God so none of us have any guidance and direction in the right direction. We just want everybody to be able to do what they want to be and do. Can you imagine what it would be like if everybody in this country lived the way they wanted to? That's one reason so many people fear everybody having guns. There'd be an all-out civil war if everybody that's got guns decided to have their way. Can you imagine what would happen? It'd be a mess. Look, the only reason that we have the strength that we have, the only reason that we've had the protection that we've had for these many years, well, not that many years in comparison to the other countries in the world, but since uh, 1764 or whenever it was, it's not that long. We've been a, a, a country and we've developed into the most powerful country in the world. In that short a period of time, go figure how in the world could a bunch of ragtag little old farmers with pitchforks and shovels and hoes turn out to be such a mighty and a powerful nation? God, you can't answer it but one way. God and his holiness and his righteousness, God's will established who we are and established for us to last. As long as, as long as we're obedient to him. And we've got a group of people in a large movement in our country today that just wants to turn its back on God and walk away from all of those godly principles. The only thing that keeps us alive as a nation are those godly principles. The God of those godly principles. Nothing else. 
I'd hate to sit down and do a line-by-line comparison of the military supplies that we've got compared to what the Russians have got. And no telling. We come up way short, I'm telling you. It's only the strength of God that enables us to survive and to do. Uh, The scripture here is verse 11, Paul says, so we need to suit up in the full armor, the full armor to God to resist Satan. If we're going to fight the enemy, Satan, if we're going to resist him, we've got to put on the full armor of God. Satan is the enemy. See it in verse 12? Satan is the enemy. For the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. It's not that we don't have an enemy. It's just that we have an enemy that is more powerful than enemy, any enemy we can describe, I think. We've just, he's never been loosed completely. We've never seen Satan turned loose completely on the world. God has held him at bay on our behalf. And if he ever turns him loose, we're going to have a lot of trouble. The enemy is Satan. And that's according to what the scripture says in verse 13. That's why we need the armor. We don't need to go into an all-out shooting war with a bunch of tree limbs, a bunch of rocks. We need to go prepared. And Paul was faithful in this passage of scripture to describe what we need to go into battle against the most powerful enemy we will ever know. Let's face it, folks. The devil is the most powerful enemy you and I will ever face. Oh, I don't face the devil. You face him every day. Every day. Little ones, big ones, fat ones, thin ones, healthy ones, sick ones, everybody in between. They face Satan every day and he's doing everything that he can to win them over to his side look at verse 14 Paul says stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist righteousness like armor on your chest if you want to hold your britches up guys (laughs) What do we do? I don't know about these ladies. They wear suspenders and all, everything else. Some some of us fellas that's got a bigger girth than others like to wear suspenders too. It's, sometimes it's more comfortable. But we do. We wear belt. We wear suspenders. We do what we have to do to keep our britches up. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't think that I'd want to go traipse it off into battle. I don't believe I'd want to go to war of any kind and be worried about my pants falling off. It's, it's important that your belt be cinched up and in the right place. And, uh, and Paul said the belt that you have to wear is the truth. Well, the, what does the truth mean to us as Christians? If we can't tell the world what the truth is about Jesus Christ, we might as well not have a belt on. We don't have any power. Look, 
Can you imagine somebody coming to your house to tell you about Jesus that didn't have any britches on? Sitting there in your living room with his big old hairy legs crossed telling you about Jesus. What are you thinking about? I want to tell you something. You ain't thinking about Jesus. Excuse my English. That's just a fact. It's not going to happen that way. Why is the belt so important? Because it holds your britches up. That's one of the basic pieces of armor, if you will, that we want to put on is that belt because it holds everything in place. The next thing he mentioned there in verse 14 was a breastplate. That's something, not, it's not a shield because it didn't carry a breastplate. Which we've seen enough of those Roman soldiers type movies to know that a breastplate uh, fit them. It was designed in the shape of having pectoral muscles and for the stomach muscles and it's strapped on where you were protected from your vital organs in the front from a sword fight or a spear or an arrow. That metal would deflect those things. Now what does that tell us in, a, in the fight that we have with the devil. Scripture says the breastplate is our righteousness. Folks, if Christian people want to know how to lose a piece of armor, they can turn their back on their righteousness. When Christian people walk out from under the umbrella of God's righteousness, we throw open the door to a worldly attack without any protection on our vitals. A sobering thought to go into battle without any protection on your most important organs. What is from here to your waist? What is this? Well, you've got a heart, you've got lungs, you've got kidneys, you've got bladder. You've got, look, Everything that keeps us alive and kicking is from here to here. And the scripture says you better protect them. Better keep up with them. Put on that breastplate to protect your vitals. Verse 15 says you need to, <laughs> you need to shod your feet. With what? The gospel. Put on the gospel on your feet. Why? Because, well, that's what really ought to be enticing us to go out into the world. What, what we walk on and what we're able to carry uh, depends on our feet. So we, we need to, to wear protective coating on our feet. Look, I grew up <coughs> in Clarksdale. Well, Clarksdale and surrounding area, Farrell, Sherrod, you know, places like that. And uh, I never was a go barefooted kind of person. I didn't like it. I didn't like my feet to be hurt. And I didn't go barefooted enough to develop calluses on the bottom of them. But I'm going to tell you something. I've seen some of those children out in the country that could take off in a dead sprint and run 150 yards on a gravel road without ever limping. Why? Because the soles of their feet were just like quarter-inch leather. That's why they had tough little feet. Now, if a Christian, 
This is, I know this is out in left field, folks. I know it is. But if we're going to be shod the way we ought to be, we're going to have something tough to carry us through the fight. What's the toughest thing we can approach the enemy with? Jesus. Where does he come from? The gospel. Isn't that what the scripture says? We ought to shod our feet with the gospel. Put on the strongest thing that we can to protect us in battle on our feet. That's the gospel. The writer goes on in verse 16 and he says, In every situation, take the shield of faith. Take the shield of faith and with it be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. I, I can't imagine what a battle looked like. It'd be bad enough being shot at. I, my father was in, in a fighting war. Some of y'all have, uh, have uh, been in and around them too. And I, I've had the fortune to miss gun shooting folks at me anyway. But I've heard my father and some of his cronies talk about war. I've heard some of y'all talk about war and how horrible it is, and I'm sure it was. My goodness, how terrible a thing. But to go into battle unprepared and without your weaponry seems to be taking your life into your own hands and just asking for defeat. Shod your feet with the gospel. Be tough. And take the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts. Now, that was one of the worst things the enemy back then could throw at you. was arrows of flame shot through the air. And the shields were made, we think of metal so many times, but the, their, a lot of their shields were made of wood and were soaked in water. Can't imagine how much they weighed. Because when the enemy shot at them with flaming arrows, they caught them in those wooden shields with water. And the flames were either quenched or put in such a position they could be torn off of the, the shield and not bring any bodily harm to them anyway. They were prepared for what the enemy threw at them. Well, folks, if y'all haven't figured it out yet, and I hope you have, most of us here are old enough to know, <coughs> The devil's going to throw every weapon he can at us, at our family, at our children, at our loved ones. The devil's going to throw everything he can at them to get them to put down the armor and walk away from the battle. Look, the worst thing we can do as Christians is throw down the armor and walk away from the battle. When we throw down the armor and we quit resisting Satan, you know what? He's going to eat us up. When we walk away from God and get out from under his umbrella of protection, we leave ourselves wide open to Satan and his hunger pains. And in nothing in the world he loves to feast on more than a good, fat, juicy, ready-to-eat Christian unprepared why because he destroys a witness that's why we throw down the shield of faith we have nothing to guard ourselves against those flaming darts we take off that helmet and throw it away <laughs> and the scripture here 
reverse the helmet as, uh, <laughs> listen, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. Take the helmet of salvation. That's a, that, that helmet does a lot for you. You put your helmet on. Look, I, I did play a little football when I was younger. And I'll tell you something. The bunch of us little old sandlot boys that play on the weekend, you know, out there just, we've had boys hurt worse on the weekend from playing, playing sandlot football, carried in ambulances to the hospitals. Why? Because of their head injuries. You get to going wide open when you're 15, 16 years old and run into another knucklehead going wide open coming from the opposite direction. And y'all hit head to head, something got to give. We've had ambulances out there in the park in Clarksdale, Mississippi, hauling them knuckleheads off to the hospital because their little old heads were cracked. If you have never heard two naked heads come together at wide open speeds and make a hit in contact, let me tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like cantaloupe dropped on the ground. You know what a cantaloupe sounds like when you turn it loose from about here? Huh? I do. <laughs> I've heard it on the field, and, and I want to tell you something. I've heard it when they drop them on the concrete sidewalk. I've heard it when you drop them on the aisle in the grocery store because I used to work produce. <laughs> it makes a mess. Never did love them little seeds and things. But look, imagine what that does to your brain wide open, doing 30 miles an hour, if you will, running headlong into each other, playing sandlot football without any gear on at all. Smack. One lays over there and one lays over here and somebody's going for the phone to call an ambulance because somebody's not going to get up. We used to hear about it all the time. Little boys getting killed playing like that. That's been cut down a lot lately. I don't hear of it much anymore, but I'm going to tell you, it's a dangerous thing to play without protection. <laughs> you don't mess with the devil without protection. You can't pick at him. You can't play with him. You can't make fun of him. You can't do anything but get hurt messing with the devil without protection. And there's not but one piece of protection that protects us. And that's God. And as he's talking about here, the helmet of salvation that comes through God's word. If you hadn't got it, we ain't got anything. We've got to be spiritually alert, verse 18. If you look at verse 18, it says, With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit, and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Stay at it when? All the time. All the time. <laughs> oh, it's, it's hard for me to, <laughs> as, a, as a person, it's hard for me to find 10 or 15 minutes a day, preacher, to pray. I can't do that. Well, God didn't say find 10 minutes a day to pray. God said do it all the time. It's a lot easier to pray all day than it is to take a, a 10 minute or a 15 minute spot of time somewhere and pick it out and pray for that. If you pray all day long, you pray about everything you come in contact with. 
all the trouble, all the noise, all the hurt, all the pain, all of the agony, everything about your neighbors, about your friends, everything, if you do it all the time, pray all the time and stay alert. Pray for your fellow Christians. Folks, if it's one thing that we need to do these days, more than anything else, probably, is pray for each other. Satan's out to get you. Satan's out to get your Christian neighbor, your Christian friend. Satan's out to get especially your Christian children. If you don't pray for your Christian babies, you don't pray for other people's Christian babies, that they'll grow up in the mental nurture and admonition of the Lord, that they'll be strong in the battle and able to withstand the fiery darts and the competition. Because it is a competition. God is competing with Satan for the very soul of our babies. And we need to make sure that he doesn't win. Spiritual alertness is something very, very important. Prayer for our fellow Christians is even more important, probably. Do you know prayer works? Have y'all decided that yet? Prayer really works. If you don't believe it, try it. <laughs> it really works. Verse 20 says, We are ambassadors in chains. We represent in this world, in our lifetime, as Christians, we represent Jesus Christ. Now, folks, sometimes the stuff I see put on television and in print that claim to be Christian hurts my feelings because there's no way in the world they can claim to represent Christ with some of that mess. Okay? What we should, as ambassadors of Christ, portray to the world is the likeness of Jesus that we see in the Scripture. That's what we should do, is portray Jesus as the Scripture portrays him. His strength, his love, his willingness to share, his willingness to give, even his own life. We need to be more like Jesus. When we learn to be more like Jesus as a Christian church, we'll find people drawn to the church. I believe that with all my heart. When we behave in a Christ-like manner, we'll find people drawn to that Christ that we're representing. Folks, there's nothing in the world that we can do but put on the battle gear for this battle. And God didn't leave us without telling us what it is and how to get it. We get it through Him, through His Holy Spirit. The power that He gives us when He saves us, it's just, it's automatic. We get it. The thing to do is just get it out of the closet and dust it off and put it on. Not be afraid to go into the battle every day because we are at war with an enemy. We need to understand it's been decided already we're going to win. <laughs> I kind of like being on the winning side. 
but I also like to play in the game too. It's not enough to sit on the bench. I like to bump heads every once in a while. It may sound silly, but folks, we live in a world that is that way. We're going to have to bump heads with the enemy. Might as well get that in our head and make sure that we have all of the armor on so that when we bump heads with the enemy, it's his head that gets hurt, not ours. Live for Jesus. Make a difference in society. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed, okay? Thank y'all for being here. This is a... It's about twice the size of the crowd we've been having. So, well, it's about the same. Well, I, I got the bookkeeper over here. I forget the bookkeeper. Y'all just trust me. It, it looks better to me, okay? <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Well, Johnny, would you dismiss us, please?